Welcome everyone to the American Carper podcast, where we discuss all things carp related in the USA. Featuring anglers interviews, stories and monthly competitions with traditional US and Euro anglers, fly anglers and anyone who has a passion for this incredible fish, the carp, Cyprinus carpio. Much maligned and misunderstood and undoubtedly one of the finest sport fish to be targeted here in the USA. This is where we, the guilty ones, can meet. My name is Sean Manning of the American Carp Society and I'm grateful to be your host. Welcome everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already and also please share with your friends on your social media channels. The more the word gets out about this incredible fish, the more that we can do for it here in the USA. Now today on the show, I have two special guests. Um, Luke Anir, who is the official American Carp Society fly guide for Wisconsin, and joining him is his friend Mr. Carson Laco, who's a photographer and a videographer. And today, we're going to talk about chasing carp on the fly and also the challenges of filming it. So we're going to get some from the uh, photographer and the filmer's perspective as well. So before we get into that, welcome, gentlemen. Glad you guys could join me on the show today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this will be interesting because... um, you know, when it when, when we all watch YouTube videos and that type of thing, it, we, you know, we're watching the angler, but, you know, we take for granted the work that goes uh, that goes into it in terms of being able to document it and, you know, edit it and get it into a viewable format and how much time it actually takes somebody, f- you know, to get three minutes of footage that is, is watchable. So <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. So first off, Luke, can you tell us a little bit about your journey as a fly angler? Um, how long have you been chasing carp on the fly for? And did it actually start on the fly or did you start in traditional methods in, for other species? Yeah, my, my dad fished. It, it, I feel like kind of classic story. Just started fishing as a kid. Yep. Worms. We had a creek in our backyard that flowed into another creek about a mile down the road and worms, worms for trout. Worms for trout. <laughs> and what, yep. what about... Um, what about carp? Did you did you first start targeting them when you changed to to fly taxes, or did you catch any of those with the with the worms in the traditional manner? I think the first. So my brother at our trout spot when we were kids caught a carp, and that was the first carp I ever saw. The first carp I ever caught was on uh, with fly tackle. Okay, okay. And were you targeting them specifically, or were you just targeting other species and you happened to pick one up on the fly tackle? I, I found them that day. I would say I was fishing for smallmouth bass. Um, it was 2012. Mm. It, that was a bad drought year, if anybody remembers. And so water was low and clear. And uh, I was fishing for bass, fishing like a two-op bunny leech. And this pack of carp was swimming up the river. Right. And, and clearly, clearly looking for food. And I was like, well, what the heck? I'm going to throw my bunny leech out there. And they tried to chase it down and eat it, but they couldn't get the hook in their mouth. So, ah, and what? Too small or? Uh, it was just too big. Yeah, just too big of a hook. And so they kind of sucked in the tail of the rabbit strip. Gotcha. And, uh, and then couldn't really get the rest of the fly in their mouth. Um, that or I pulled it out too fast, one of the two, I guess. Gotcha. And how long have you been actually targeting fly? Um, excuse me. How long? How long have you been targeting carp for now on the fly, Luke? Uh, it'll be nine years this year. Wow. Now, from a fly angler's perspective, can you tell me 
why you like to target them on a fly rod. You know, when I, so that those first days, I had heard the rumors of carp taking in your backing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm. But, and that was a big allure for me then was just bigger fish on a fly rod and, you know, fighting fish that went on runs was something kind of new. But if I'm being honest, those fish didn't really run that hard, especially in retrospect. Yeah. And for, but for me, what I, I just love the visual aspect of it. I'm just all about, yeah, the eat uh, presentation. Uh, yep. They're quite spooky, aren't they too? Totally, totally. Uh, especially given the fact that we're trying to sight fish for them and often get very close. But I guess I'd also say sometimes it's amazing how spooky they can be. And sometimes it's amazing how much they'll put up. Mm. If that's probably, you know, due to conditions and, and, you know, and that type of thing. Now, now Carson, right. um, how did you get involved in all of this? Uh, Cause obviously, you know, I haven't spoke to you before. Are you an angler as well? Or do you just, uh, do you concentrate on the filming side of it? How, how did you get involved in this and, and film and Luke and everything? So I'm an angler as well. Just kind of got into it from a fishing standpoint. When Luke and I became friends, I'd kind of shortly after that got interested in photography. I had a friend that was in college taking a photography class at the time and always just kind of had an interest or liked uh, the idea of documenting what you're doing, which you know, I think it's a pretty common thing for most people. Yeah. Um, just having things to look back on, um, but definitely kind of was influenced more from the idea of uh, skateboarding and kind of that lifestyle from a teenage, you know, my teenage years kind of made me interested in, in the idea of art. And that, that comes through though with the, because um, you guys sent me a, a, a couple of small publications you've done. I think it's called Head Shake. It's black and white photography. Um, Carson, that I think you've you've taken here, you put together of Luke, and and it's really cool. It's really edgy, and it's actually got a really it's got a real s sort of skateboard vibe to it. Um, and that makes a lot of sense that you just said that now that that's that's uh, your background and the way that you you know and the way that you approach it. So l looking at it from that angle, you know, um, when you when you do, do you pre-plan a session together? Do you say, does Luke say, look, I'm going to go on a session. Do you want to come and do some filming? How, how do you guys, how do you guys figure, figure out what you're going to do? Do you plan it out or just completely wing it when you, when you go on one of these sessions together? It's more, we just are going to go fishing. I think it's kind of evolved now to the point where there's maybe just some expectations that there's going to be cameras brought along, whether they get used or not is another you know, another story. Sometimes it just ends up being, uh, being just fishing. That's fine. I, I think for the most part, my idea of, uh, capturing things, not that I don't have some preconceived ideas or plans or not that we don't really talk about what we'd like to do sometimes or what we'd like to try to capture at some point. But for the most part, maybe more so with the photography than the film, but, um, just kind of letting things happen, you know, just, you just take photos. If you take photos, if you don't, you don't. And, um, we just fish together. We just fish together a lot. So how do you find the balance? Because I, I do the same thing whenever I go on a session, if I go on a session with Wayne or with Eric or Clayton or a friend or something like that, um, there's always an inner struggle with concentrating on the fishing and concentrating on getting the shot. 
Um, how do you balance that out? Because it's very, it's, I mean, for me, it's very hard to do. It's hard. You sacrifice something if you're doing both. Let's just put it, let's put it that way. I mean, I've, I've always found that I, you know, if I'm trying to do both, I, I can get away with it, but I won't do one as well if I'm just, if I'm just focused on, on one. Does that make sense? So like if you guys are out and you're angling together, you know, is if your if your head's both in the fishing, you can be fishing, fishing, and you can obviously, you know, you can miss the shot and stuff. How do you how do you how do you balance that out, Carson? You know, because you're the one that primarily does the filming. Is that correct? Yeah. So with the photography thing, I think I've kind of landed on the fact that um, like my favorite situation is actually to be with uh, our other good friend that lives in Nebraska. The times that you know, on the occasions that we do get to fish together, having two people yeah, fishing to where I can kind of, I can play my part and I can just kind of blend into the background and be forgotten about and do what I want to do yeah, and still have, you know, two people kind of interacting, um, you know, able to net the fish if one of them hooks up, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but one thing with the filming that Luke, I, I believe Luke suggested it one day when we were out this last year's, um, just taking time, like just essentially if we're in a situation kind of going, well, we're going to fish for the next 30 minutes or something really cool is happening and we're just going to film for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, just to kind of, you know, see if that's what we want to continue to do or just go with fishing. But gotcha. really, I don't, I don't think... I mean, you could ask Luke. I don't think we try to stress too much about any of it, but the balance is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And what what, what part of Because you guys are both in Wisconsin, correct? Yeah, I'm in Missouri right now, but but for the most part, yeah, we've been in, both been in Wisconsin. And Luke, where are you from? Are you, where are you from in Wisconsin? I'm from the western part of Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, little, little, yep, yep. Okay. Now... Um, what are you targeting them primarily on rivers or lakes up there? Um, because when you're fly fishing for them, you've got to, I mean, you're primarily your sight fishing for them, aren't you? You've got to be able to see them eating, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, everything that we do up here is primarily on rivers, it is, yeah, yeah. And and then are you are you filming from the shore? Are you out on a skiff? How are you how are you approaching that side of things? Is it all shore fishing or? Uh, for the most part, for filming, it seems like we're we're often in a boat. The to be honest, the the videography is kind of uh, is kind of my little reprieve from uh, photography and like overthinking that whole game. So mm -hmm. the video thing is kind of just like uh, a. Uh, situation where i still get to enjoy the feeling of having a camera in my hand still documentary you know documenting um creating creating an art aspect to it i i suppose but um again it's not something that is stressed too much but mostly in the boat when we're filming because usually it's a, most of the time it's just luke and i gotcha now how do you find from the filming aspect i mean because you're you're um you're shooting probably obviously you're shooting everything handheld do you find how do you find when you're when you're in a boat because you don't have solid land obviously um are there any issues at all with you know obviously the boat's moving around everywhere you get so much shake on a shot i can't say i watched the movie the other night and I had to turn it off there was so much 
the guy was using a you know a, a, sh a shoulder shot and it was moving around so much I could even watch it. I can't imagine what that's like actually trying to deal with that on a boat, Carson. So how do you handle that aspect? Has that caused an issue at all or not? I really don't stress too much about the video thing. So if it's shaky, it's shaky. It's just kind of the way that it is. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, the way Luke kind of approaches the fishing, like the water that we fish and that he guides, is the boat is usually pretty even if it's moving, it's not really very jerky because any waves you make are going to alert the fish that you're there. Gotcha. So oftentimes the boat is very stable or more stable than I think you might think it would be. Yeah. Um, well, and also it's just, is it, is it, a, is it a boat that you fish from or is it a skiff? Cause I know there's a di difference, isn't there between the two? Yeah, up until this last this past year, um, I had, we had mainly been using uh, one of the popular hooligan rafts, mm -hmm. um, which which I, I've been sold, um, and it'll all be out of a towy skiff from now on. Okay, and and can, and just help educate me here. So, the difference. What would you say? That, what is the difference between a skiff and a boat? Is there, is a difference between the bottom of the boat? Is one flat? Is one? How does that? How does that work? I've settled on a skiff is just a small boat and there are various styles. There are. Uh, there, well, I, and I think there's confusion too, or it's hard to sort of put a finger on, okay, what's a skiff? So like in the drift boat world, there's the super popular Mackenzie style drift boats with the pointy noses. Right. The kind of everybody thinks of being out West, mm -hmm. but then there's the South Fork skiff style drift boats, which are sort of snub nosed. They aren't as pointy, they're low so that they don't catch as much wind. Uh -huh. Right. And people just call people just call those skiffs. In my head they're both kind of drift boats. Gotcha. And then when we think gotcha. of and then when we think of other skiffs, you know, I guess I think of a towy as a skiff. It's just a small motorized boat, I guess. So I'm not really sure what makes a skiff a skiff either. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> besides besides I just like I like the term a skiff is a small boat and I think that's the easiest way to go. We're gonna it. we'll stick with that because that works yeah. for me. That works yeah. for me as well. Um yeah. so Carson, when you're filming when you're filming this type of thing now, obviously with, I mean, cell phone cameras, you can shoot with 4k and stuff like that. What are you using to, um, to document this stuff? You're just using a cell phone camera. You're just using regular SLR. What are you using, Carson? So I primarily use a small point and shoot, uh, a Sony RX 100 Mark something or other. I'm not, I can't remember at the moment. Um, it's just a small point and shoot camera. Right. Um, nothing real fancy about it it's, I, I like that it's small it can go in a hip pack if i don't end up using it it's not this giant piece of gear taking up space and yeah it's, it's relatively inexpensive beyond that i ha i do have a gopro which is usually kind of an afterthought camera the batteries die you know i run out of batteries or memory card on anything else right i'll grab that but I really enjoy using a uh, an old handy cam, an old Sony, either a digital eight or a high eight. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, they're just kind of you don't have to think about it. it. It definitely has an odd look. It's pretty dated and undetailed, but that's got a cool vibe to, to it, though. Those those high eights and stuff, don't they? There's got a really you definitely know it's it's got a very cool edge to it. They're hip for sure. They're just the. Uh, they they take all the the game of worrying about aperture and video quality and stuff, and it, it really is 
just the idea of having a camera in your hand and pointing it at something. I think that's yeah. the ultimately for me, it's like, uh, I don't, you know, the, the worrying about how something is going to turn out can be, um, well, that can, that can, that can, immense. that can take your focus so off getting the actual shot, can't it? If you, if there's too much technical stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. So just having that, just having something that, you know, is already going to look pretty grungy and pretty rough anyway. It's just like, uh, just yeah. makes it, makes it more fun, I guess. And what about the, um, what about the editing? Do you do all that costume? Do you edit everything yourself or? I do. Um, I just use a, uh, an iPad with an app called Luma Fusion. It's pretty, it's okay. relatively cheap. It's like 20 bucks and you get, I think they just updated not that long ago. You get like five or six channels of video and three or four channels of audio. If you're into LUTs, cool. if you're into LUTs and all that kind of color grading stuff, I mean, it's, it's even yeah. got that, but it's a pretty easy program to use. Um, if you That's ama- And it's amazing what you can do now. I mean, you think about it, you think about what you can do now, even on a phone or an iPad is, is more than what you could do in a movie house 20 years ago. You know, it's insane. <laughs> the technology and everything. Yeah. Um, so, Luke, do you target other species outside of carp as well? Do you target trout traditionally and other things as well? Or I, I mean, I like to fish for everything. Carson and I have fished for all sorts of species together. Um, we've spent a yeah. lot, lot of time fishing for muskie together, plenty of time fishing for trout as well, plenty of time for smallmouth bass. Um, carp are the only ones that I guide for. Um, right. I think every species, I mean, I think being diverse as an angler is a great thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, it'll help you with your watercraft, that type of thing. Which actually bring, which brings me to the point. Um, you know, what do you think as a as a fly angler? Because you approach multiple species, you know, with with the fly. Um, what's the difference for you as a fly angler in your approach to carp as opposed to, let's say, another species? Is have you learned over the years that there is a, a difference in terms of your approach? Like if you if you're fishing for trout or if you're fishing for muskie on a fly, uh, if you're fishing for carp, what would you say that it would be? I think the approach is totally different. I, I think I, the way I always describe it to people is, you're sure you're you're reading water for carp as well. Um, you're reading mm-hmm. the water in terms of a place you think they might be, but when it comes to it, you're still sight fishing. Or I am. Yeah. And so the biggest difference is every other species, for the most part, you're making a cast to a spot where the water looks good. And with carp, you're making a cast to the fish's head. And that is the first time that that has been um, explained in that way. Because not being a fly angler myself, you know, I, I, I do always bring up, if we're doing an interview with a fly angler, fly angler, you know, as a Euro angler approaching uh, the fish, the species, we fish the water too. You're looking at the likely spots of topography. Um, you're looking at, you know, the, the, the wind direction because of the air pressure and you're baiting potential areas. But as a, as a fly angler, you, you, you don't, you're not baiting in a spot where you think they may be. You have to find them, don't you? Right. Right. And that's not to understate the importance of being able to, you know, look at a stretch of riverbank and think, oh, I think there's going to be fish there or, you know, yeah. I'd be surprised if there aren't fish there. But yeah, yeah, I think that's the big difference. Right. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to throw a fly blind, let's say for, for a carp. And a lot of the carp anglers that I spoke to that fish for them, um, 
that had been fishing for years and years for other species, they, um, you know, they all pretty much have the same story that they, they were much harder to target than they initially thought that they were. And approaching them has made them a better all round angler, you know, from, from actually approaching carp. So would you guys say that has that, would that be a reflection for you both too? Has, has targeting carp on the fly, you think helped you become a, a better fly angler for other species? I'm sure it has. Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, it's pretty unconventional at times. You know, there's not mm-hmm. there's not a, a, a great amount of really long cast or, you know, it's typically not a lot of that. I think it's it kind of uh, I think if if some purists saw us fishing at some point, they might be a little shocked or taken back. It's it's not. I think that that just carries over into how you think about fishing in general, instead of fishing like the culture or the things that taught you to, you start to think about what, when it boils down to it, what is really the objective here and, and how do you make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, the, 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 the overwhelming majority of fly anglers that I've spoken to have said initially too, when they, started targeting them they cast way too often um mm. you know because they were trying for other species initially and you don't get a whole they're telling me you don't get a whole bunch of opportunity with a with a carp because you have a cer- certain sort of window uh, and because they spook really quickly um it's a it's a they they basically told me that a less is more approach with casting for them would that would you guys say that would be that would be the truth or i mean i just don't cast unless i see a fish and i don't cast unless well unless i've just we've had a good day and i don't really care anymore um and i want to see how, <laughs> and i want to see how far away i can catch one from you know yeah. otherwise wait till you're close enough you know it's like bow hunting i'm not going to take it personally you know it's like i'm not going to take a 40 yard shot at a deer i'm going to wait till it's under 30 because i want to make right, a good right. shot um there's right. less, higher probability and everything yeah yeah uh so and we just don't cast a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, most of, most of the fishing we do is dapping. Um, I like casting a carp. Um, I think it's What fun. is dapping? Can you explain that to me if you can as a non-fly angler? Yeah, dapping. What's is, dapping? Yeah, dapping is kind of, so for people that are familiar with fly fishing, um, it's sort of like, um, I don't want to compare myself to Euro nymphing, but um, where uh you are pretty much you don't really have much fly line out at all um Mm -hmm. so like person gets in the boat for the first time with me and they've never carp you know uh fly fished for carp before um i i usually have to remind them a fair amount to only have six inches of fly line out the tip of their rod most of the time right um because otherwise it's just line that's in the way when you end up hooking a fish um and you're not going to make a long cast and so dapping is you've got a little bit of leader out the tip of your rod um i usually fish with short leaders like five feet um mm-hmm. and then a dap is just sort of like a short little flick of your fly rod um okay where the fish is close enough that you can make a little flick your fly lands past the fish and you just kind of and that and then that, that's the dap that's kind of a dap is that i figured that was dap. what it was but yeah yeah 
I figure that was what it was from the from the word that was used. Now, do you um you have fish for them with a the, with a dry fly, or are you using the MC fishing wet flies most of the time? I like it when I can fish for them with dries. Uh, it doesn't always. It, that's the minority of the carp that are caught throughout the season, but um, that must be pretty exciting though, taking them on a dry fly. I'd imagine fun. it's pretty fun. Yeah. 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 Now, Carson, Carson, I wanted to ask you about audio for the filming. Because, um, for example, when you're using, the, you know, the Hi8 or you're using um, one of the other sort of cameras that you use, how do you, how do you capture audio? I don't even think about it at all. Um, the the other thing about the whole filming, like I said earlier, it it's usually just Luke and I in the boat, and I, st- mm-hmm. I still have to participate. So... I, if Luke's fishing and I'm filming, we either have the boat somehow set up to where it's stationary or I'm also playing the part of controlling the boat. So another reason why the, I don't think about too many details with the videography thing is because the majority of the time it's just the two of us and again, I have to participate or else the fishing we've kind of figured out some ways to get around that, you know, that carp angler ingenuity comes in handy, but, um, for the most part, it it's, I, I wish that it was something that I could spend more time on. I think the, the natural sounds of where we're at is, is pretty mm. awesome, but, uh, not something that, to this point that I've spent much time with. And when I said capturing the audio, because do you, do you have, like on the Hi8, is there a mic built directly into the Hi8 that just captures everything? Or There is. And even on the RX100, it doesn't, uh, the, the version I have is an earlier one, and it doesn't have an external mic port on it. So I just have some right. little uh, some little felt cloth taped over the mic hole so that as like a windscreen. So... I mean, occasionally I'll use the audio, but it's, I mean, a lot of times it's wind garbled. Um, but surprisingly on the high aid, you, I think people would be shocked at how good those mics are on the, those old cameras. Wow. I see. I, I didn't know, you see, that a high aid actually had a, a mic built into it. So the fact that it does, it really is just a on, run and go point and shoot situation, which is great. I mean, you're just looking anything through the lens and click the button and you're and if it's capturing the audio as well that's even one less that's one less other thing to worry about isn't it yeah and then the the high eight's cool because i got a uh a couple different ones but a big old fish eye that screws on there so it's i mean you want to talk about not having to you point that you know you get a 180 degree view of what you're looking at yeah. so you just pick it up off the floor <laughs> yeah. of the boat the last second and aim it in a direction and you're recording it's a rough rough direction and click you're up. getting something i mean i don't know if it's going to be any good but you got it no that's pretty that's pretty cool now how how um because obviously they don't make those high eights anymore you've got to pick them up i would imagine on ebay or something like that don't you yeah i actually got uh i got my high eight I think at a Goodwill or somewhere, and then the digital aid I have is actually the one I had when I was like 16 and skateboarding and all that. But the viewfinder yeah. eyepiece is held on there with some electrical tape, and half the time it tells you it's too dirty to record, and you got to put some cleaning tape in there. Yeah, it's a right. trip. Right now, up there in Wisconsin, where you guys are. 
you know, what's the general, what is the general vibe up there for carp? I mean, you guys obviously have other f- friends that, that fly fish. Um, do you have friends, do you have other friends that fly fish for carp up there as well? Well, we've got some, some emergent converts. Uh, okay. I, Carson, I mean, Carson, correct me if I feel like in our friend circle at any rate in Wisconsin, you know, we're pretty much the two that just you two want to go up (laughs) yeah that that consistently prioritize carp you know there's always friends that come out you know once or twice a season Um, yeah but and i mean there are certainly other carp anglers in wisconsin um don't get me wrong there um but yeah just in terms of our friend circle you know we're pretty much the two that prioritize it gotcha do you get a lot of stick about it they give you a lot of aggravation about it what you're targeting them for (laughs) that type of thing I mean, I think that's just part of the game. And I was going to say, how many fights have you been in? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I've never so, been part of a fight, but I know people that have. Yeah. So, Carson, I wanted to ask you. There's there's actually a big scene for carp on the fly films. Um, there's a, a a fly film circuit, I believe, called Carpland or something. Um, have you guys thought about? you know, putting a film together, submitting it anywhere, or you're just doing it for your own personal documentation for personal documentation. Um, the, the, you know, you got to use, you got to have cleared songs and stuff like that, which maybe that's just an excuse, but I, I can't, I haven't been able to get past the making edits to music that you know i want to use the music i want to use or that's just kind of how i see things and mm-hmm. um have yeah, you um have you looked through there's a um there's some incredible is it, there's a ton of free music out there cool vibes everything i mean you got to look for it but there's some sites out there um on youtube as well there's a ton of free stuff and you can put in the genre you can put in the vibe of the genre that you want as well. I don't know if you've looked into that at all, but it's, it's all free and you can get everything from, I mean, thrash metal to classical, everything. Um, ambient, vibe, hip hop, dance, you know. So no, You know, I, I really haven't explored that. That's that's pretty awesome that people are, are putting stuff out there for yeah. free for other people to use. That's a really cool thing to yeah. do. Um, that's why I brought it up, because if you were using it as an excuse, you don't bloody have one anymore. <laughs> 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 Thanks, John. You're welcome. <laughs> John, I'll say too. I, I, well, I've shown Carson stuff to some people who have said he really needs to, like, make a film and submit it. Yeah, you should, man. You got you. It's really well, good work. I mean, the stuff that the stuff that you know that I've seen. You got a really cool vibe. You know, um, you're capturing it, and and I'll put it to you this way: I'll give you, I'll give you even more pressure. If you, you know, if you've, if you've got something, it would be criminal for you not to share it with more people. <laughs> oh so. man, why are you gonna put that on? <laughs> because you know what? Ah. The, the reason why I put that on you is somebody <laughs> put that on me many, many, many years ago, and it, it 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 had me look at things from a different perspective, and it stopped being about me, and it started being about them. And it re- actually really helped. It was, it was, you know, really, really cool. Um, it was actually you know, that's, a that's, very that's, famous that's, individual that did that for me too. So I'm very, really, I was really grateful for that. And you do, you've got a great, you've got a great vibe. And there's not a lot that will grab my, you know, 
as jaded and as uh, you know been around the block as many times as I have that will grab my <laughs> will really grab my attention. But you do you got a really cool vibe, and and the reason why you know I say that and I'm passionate about it and it's all of us here at the American Carb Society, Wayne, I mean our entire team and all of our members is because put it like this from our perspective the fish is always the star so anything that any of us can do to spotlight the fish with whatever talent that we've got then we we've got an obligation to do it because it is from my perspective individually and from our philosophy at the american carp society it is one of the unsung heroes obviously of the united states um for for any angler and so you know, to, to to put a little bit more pressure on there, do it for the fish, bro. <laughs> do it for the fish. Um, yeah, now, that's, that's, uh, a, that's an internal struggle. You know, I don't know. Come on, fight it. You can beat it. I got faith in you. Um, have you have you <laughs> well, guys? You. I, I appreciate all the kind words. I do. I do appreciate. You're it. Welcome, Carson. If you're resist, if you're resistant to it, you should do it. Right there, you go. Yeah, yeah. rebel against uh, re- rebel against yourself. <laughs> now have you guys you're gonna ta- want us to change the subject here. <laughs> have you guys targeted them in many other states outside of wisconsin have you have you traveled anywhere else to target them at all yeah not a ton but we we travel around the midwest you do for sure yeah yeah yep. are there is there anywhere that you guys that would would like to go to target them that you haven't been to yet any specific venues at all or I guess, I mean, we've always got water that we want to explore. Yeah. I guess I'll put it that way. I think, um, I think, Mar- oh, go ahead. No, you go. One of you the go. Thing about <laughs> the, the thing about carp that's so great is that I, I come back to a thought very often is they, while there, there are those kind of holy grail places that you hear about for carp fishing. Yeah. Because they're so unsung, you truly or I truly feel the hope that that next place you check out that might be a mile from your house might be the coolest place you ever fish in your life. There you go. And I think that that's that's something super special about carp that honestly I I don't often feel that way about. Not that the places that we go fish for muskie aren't great, but you know everybody knows where the the special water or the yeah. holy land is you know the carp thing the the sewage ditch down the street from your house might be the promised land yep and that's that's what they one of the things that i think that they offer that is uh it's unique super super special yeah it's unique and you 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 really um you really nailed it there because um being as prevalent as they are in the USA, but having so few anglers that really target them, it's the it's a lot of the pioneering that is done too, that finds these waters now that everybody knows about and and that type of thing. So it's great to actually hear that. Um, it's great to hear that from a uh, from a different perspective. So Luke, I wanted to ask you. What is the best advice that you could give an angler who's wanting to target carp on the fly? They've never done it before, right? And they're just getting into it. What's the what is the best advice you can give them as a fly angler if they want to target carp? That's such a hard question. That's why I asked it, my brother. That's why I asked. I know. I just I just stumbled into it. I part of me wants to say just go out and fish, and you know 
you, you know, fish for whatever fish you want to fish for and you might find some carp too. Yeah. Um, I've talked to, I've, I've certainly talked to people who have been frustrated because they wanted carp or what they were seeking out. Uh-huh. And it was sort of one of those things where if you look for them, you can't find them. Right. Kind of a deal. Right. Um, so let's go with that. Let's go with that then. So if you've got somebody, well, you know, let's, let's start with what's the one thing that you would tell them, let's say to, to look for to target, to try to locate them. Yeah. And on, let's say on a stretch of water on a river, what would you look for? Yeah. So, right. So if I, if, if I was going to tell somebody that like, this is what you need to go look for and that's your best chance of finding carp. Um, you need to be able to see them. That's the biggest thing. Right. Um, that doesn't mean you need clear water. Right. Um, you need, you know, if you're on a river, I think a lot of us fly anglers fish on rivers. And so, um, I, you know, I look for down trees. I look for eddies. Um, gotcha. Structure I, you know, and stuff. Carson and I, yeah. Well, Carson and I have fished on bodies of water before where, um, the water's clear generally. Mm-hmm. And you can see whether or not there's a fish there. But if we stumble upon a spot that it's like kind of surprised there's not a fish here, let's hang out and watch for a second. Yeah. It's, pretty often that a fish wanders up into that eddy or something right because it's a place they're going to want to be so i look for eddies structure soft silt bottom like a dark bottom those just pull carp to them gotcha um as a rule of thumb whether you're on a big river with backwaters or a lake shallow with cattails there you go like if if i'm looking on google earth shallow with cattails gotcha that's what i look for awesome now carson i'm going to ask you from a um film perspective filming perspective and uh, i've got a good idea actually based upon what you've already mentioned what we've already discussed but if somebody said they wanted to get into you know um starting to document their captures on the filming side you know what advice what advice would you give them i I would invite you to the same struggle that i have and that would be um be okay with not don't have too much expectation i suppose and just just do it don't don't worry too much about what the outcome is going to be or whether you're going to get enough footage or whether it's too shaky or whatever get really be really happy just to be there and have a camera in your hand i think things will hopefully work out for the best from that there you go. You know, from that point you just get They're just focus get focus on make, the moment make, making things yeah and just get you know as far as the end product be okay with things not coming out the way you kind of have pre-planned or expect you know in your mind because you'll kind of maybe miss out on something or a different angle or different end product because you're too worried about or i'm i should say i get too worried about it not turning out the way that i kind of made made it to be in my mind in your mind but can't don't you find that there are some wonderful lucky mistakes that happen that's all all of my photography and videography i would say there you go. one big lucky, one there you big go. lucky it's a lot the lucky mistakes that happen along the way in the journey, if you have something in your mind, it's all the stuff that happens outside of the lines that really yeah. gets the art down, no matter what, no, think, no matter what it is, you know. The other thing, I guess, I would say, the only advice is, and it 
it kind of goes to um, maybe to like somebody trying to start out fishing for me. Find, you know, get your friends to go with you. Get, you know, doing it by yourself is not the easiest thing, you know, mm. to two people together or, you know, you know, find somebody that already kind of knows what's up and, pal, you know, pal around with them, I guess. That's kind of how I got into the the carp fishing thing in general. And, you know, the, the people that I fish with are super talented anglers and that's, yeah. you know, that always makes it easier and you get to just leech off of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> leech off of them. Well, hopefully you can leech off each other. <laughs> I found that too. Yeah, it'll always raise your game. If you're if you are if you're a photographer and you're you are uh, f- f- photographing a great angler, it will raise your photography game. And um, if you're a really good angler with a really good photographer, they'll they'll bring out the best shots in you that you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, yeah. you guys just gotta just have fun doing. That's it, right, and that, it's e- easier easier with a friend than some than looking at it from a standpoint of uh, trying to come up with an outcome. Yeah, you know, a, yeah. a product. Yeah, and that's and that's 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 easy. That's an easy trap to fall into, and we all kind of do it. But um, I think you know, along the lines of what you were saying earlier, which I wanted to add as well, is is keep it keep it really simple and focus on the focus on the actual moment because don't get wrapped up in all of the technical um, side of things because if that can overwhelm you to where you're actually missing the moment that's right in front of you it's a little bit like life there <laughs> um yeah i think that i think those technical things are not to be i think they're pretty boring yeah you know yeah that's kind of uh it's kind of I don't know. I, I feel like when I get wrapped up in the technical side of things personally, it's me trying to, I don't know, subvert something or not pay attention to something else or just not be, not be grateful or satisfied for the position that I'm in. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody out there listening, check all your batteries, make sure your batteries, you've got power <laughs> and stuff like that. Not to get too technical, but, but, um, buy more than one buy, memory card. There you go. More than That's one memory problem. card and have backups. That's the problem I'm with. <laughs> um, excellent. Do you guys have any marketing or anything together for this, um, head shake publication thing that you're doing? Carson has got an Etsy store. Okay. But, but that, sorry, what were you about to say, Carson? Nothing. I was just gonna say I don't really have much of anything. I have a Etsy <laughs> store, but no marketing. Um, let's help you out here, mate. So um, I'm, fe- I'm feeling like a joke over. No, there. dude, you're cool. <laughs> Keep with the skater oh, vibe, man. It's working for you. It really is. No, what I was gonna oh, say. No. What I was gonna say was because um, th- this is a really cool little sort of magazine-y thing that you've got here. So why don't we do this? We'll offer four copies of your Head Shake Photography magazine to the first four listeners that send in an answer to the following question. What is the term used by Luke to catch carp from a short distance with just the leader showing from the rod? What is the term used by Luke to catch carp from a short distance with just the leader showing from the rod? Now we also have a box of carp flies to give away that you guys have kindly donated as well. So send in your answers everyone to info at americancarpsociety.com and everyone that enters will be eligible for a draw that we will do April the 15th. The winner will get the box of carp flies. 
Well, that's just about all we've got time for today, everyone. I'd like to thank our guests, uh, Luke Anir and Carson Leggy, for their help and time with this. So if any of you have questions for them, guys, what's the best way for somebody to get in contact with you if they have questions for you? Luke, what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you? Um, well, if they're already tuned into the Carp Society, they can go to the website and go to the guide page. I think my contact info is on there. Um, yep. Or at, least, at the very least, my website. Um, but yeah, my email address is contact at lucasjanier.com. Awesome. Carson, what about you, bud? Uh, I just, I don't really have a good contact space. If anybody has any uh <laughs> <laughs> anybody has any questions they should reach out to you or luke or just the society i'm sure you guys can answer any questions yeah we can than, and we'll put, can. we'll put them in touch with you carry a pigeon for luke everybody <laughs> carry a pigeon <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for listening we'll be back here the same time same place two weeks from now so don't forget to join us you can reach out to us here at the american carp society through facebook and instagram pinterest and twitter tag us with your captures hashtag american carp society and hashtag join the guilty ones and we will feature you on the feed you can contact me directly with any questions at sean at american carp society.com be lucky everyone <laughs>